You're listening to Boys Don't Cry with Russell Kane, brought to you by Joe. Hello and welcome to Boys Don't Cry from Joe with me, Russell Kane. It's where we get blokes together and force them to talk about the things that men wouldn't normally talk about. Initially, I've got to be honest, I thought this would be an interesting show for blokes to listen to. Turns out girls are just as interested in hearing how our weird cogs turn. And... Every week, I do have male guests, but I also have what I'm calling, although I'm getting stick for it, a lady auditor who will take the discussion, join in, and tell us if we're talking absolute rubbish, if we make macho assumptions about how the female brain works in relation to some of these blokey things. Anyway, who's on the panel this week? Comedian Omar Hamdi, comedian Alistair Williams, and radio presenter Georgie Bingham. Thank Welcome. You. Hello. Hello, Russell. So how is everyone? I'm very well, thank you. That's what moods everyone in. Happy? I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy. I'm waking up, I'm drinking the very nice coffee. Yes. I'm getting in the mode. And you good? You happy at the moment? Up, down, I'm, out of ten? How I'm, would you say? I'm, I'm functional. Good. I feel, I feel masculine. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I don't know. It's I a good you, thing. I, I guess you guys will tell me in a minute. <laughs> Masculinity is good. OK. The reason this came about, in case you're coming to the Boys Don't Cry late, <laughs> is no-one is denying that women have a journey approximately a thousand times harder than men's from the moment they cop the wrong chromosome, right? However, <laughs> all I'm saying is do not ignore do not ignore the tinier journey happening alongside because even though what's happening for women, as always, body image, meter, whatever you want to look at, is horrific. I've got a daughter and I'm scared for... I'm just hoping it's going to be moved on. However, I think we can agree we know how we would like it to be, right, Georgia? Yes. I think, I don't, I think if I got a table of eight women, we could agree roughly what we would like to see in 20 years' time. You will not get that for men. We've got to the point where we don't know if we're supposed to be aggressive, passive, ironically aggressive because it's a turn-on but not really aggressive in real life because I don't want to go to prison. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like, and like Mr. Grey, shove a course you out your bottom, but not too far, I'll leave you. So we get to the point where, you know, you sort of end up watching the Twilight box set and sobbing, going, just hold me, I'm wearing eyeliner, I'm a man, which has genuinely happened to me for about two years. So that, that's why I did actually just Google it on more eyeliner for at least two years. So I wanted to create this so we could pick apart those things that men aren't discussing. We've got all these drums being beat, Georgie, women saying, this is what women want, this is the way it should be, it's unfair. I never hear blokes daring to ask for what they want. And this, my suspicion is this. If some of these problems were masculinity were solved, we would probably be able to support and further the cause of women. That's my overall series arc contention. Well, great feminists are men, aren't they, really, theoretically? Because well, women can't be feminists without support of men. Indeed. But fundamentally, men don't have a voice. I stand up for men a lot, and I get shouted down by a lot of women because I think men can't say anything anymore. I can say yes. whatever I like. I'm a woman, and I get away with pretty much everything. But men just can't, so... Do you think that might be part of the problem? <laughs> like, seriously, like, nobody criticises women anymore. No, I know. Oh, you want to come to my house? My wife's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I always let her know, dozy cow. I think it was cold. <laughs> No, I think it's not, it's not so much I've got a problem with men being told to shut their mouths saying things they've said for years. It's not the silence, it's the absence of what to say. I think if you suddenly went, right, you can speak, guys, and put the mics on them, women won't criticise. They wouldn't have anything to say, Georgie. It's worse than that. <laughs> well, we've recently had this with women commentators at the World Cup, and um, 
the point was made very uneloquently by um, a colleague of mine that women's tone has to be really careful because you don't want shrieking, like high-pitched shrieking, something that I say all the time. Like, if I get excitable on the radio, <laughs> I'll get high-pitched, whereas men just get louder. And um, he tried to make it, and he, within 24 hours, he was kind of public enemy. He made it really badly, by the way, very badly. But, yeah, you can't, you can't what, do what, anything. Sorry, I'm, so what, someone... someone he, said that, he said, I don't like female, female content. He said that on I'm air. having them, because uh, on Good Morning Britain... <laughs> Jason Cundy. Jason and he Cundy. Said, I'm not having them because it's just they one get letter shrieky. off his correct description there by the sound of it. Yeah. <laughs> and the way the point he was trying to make was a tiny bit valid, but the way he said it, he basically sounded like all women should just go back to the kitchen, but, which was really bad. It wasn't being interviewed by Piers Morgan by any chance. This is about the only man I know that could dr- <laughs> he could drill down into a lefty feminist and still find sexism. Like, <laughs> like the last bit of oil left in anyone who's reformed. Hang on, there's some darkness down there. I'll have it. I do love you, by the way, Piers. Please don't be horrible. <laughs> um, so talking about high-pitched screechiness and this Jason Cundy thing, it's yeah. a brilliant jumping-off point for what I want to talk about. Okay. So I've done a little bit of laddiness, which, gives, which is just me buttering you up, Alice. Don't, right. don't panic. <laughs> OK, I was uh, comfortable with it. So crying is what I want to talk about. So mm-hmm. we're, say, we're saying there's an immediate equation we've made there, even though we're messing around with screechiness and femininity mm-hmm. and feminine emotions going towards the higher pitch. But I would argue it runs deeper than that. Anything that's overly demonstrable is feminine to the point where we even, if we're going to stay on the football analogy, we say the Italian and Spanish football commentators are almost womanly in their display of emotions, right? But we let them off because they're from a romance culture and they're allowed to yeah. go, oh, the goal is in. So I just wanted to talk about crying, OK? All aspects. I've never heard a group of blokes discuss crying before. Mm. Both their attitudes to it, when they do it, mm. the social conventions around it. And, of course, Georgie, what I'm fascinated to hear is your experience of how men perceive cry. There you are, make me sound like I've made loads of men cry. No, probably yeah, <laughs> But there are two... There are very two mean t- to me before we started. I like to say, I've tidied it all up, but yeah, it was awful before. My experience <laughs> of my male friends and male relatives is there are two types of man. The man who sees his woman or a woman crying and go, babe, what's up? Come here. And don't do that. Don't show the tears. Don't cry. I won't deal with it. I've never seen an in-between guy who's sort of a medium amount of comfortable with tears. It's neither, don't cry or come here, baby, put your tears on me. But we'll move, we'll move on to that in a moment. First of all, Alistair, cry. Are you a crier? Do you yeah. cry? Are you an emotional man? Yeah, dude, I cry all the time. Really? Yeah, I'm totally past giving a shit about who I'm crying walking down the street. Let, I don't care. Let's stay away from your comedy right. career for yeah, a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I'm joking. No, no, but you do stand-ups that release a lot of tears. When you start out, so you've not been going that long, have you, 2012? Did uh, you start? Yeah, something like that. So yeah. you do shed a lot of tears in the opening days. In private, <laughs> you get in for a really bad gig and you do it, ah, 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 <laughs> into the pillow. But taking away... So I've never done that. Really? Comedy's never made me cry, no. Really? Yeah, when yeah, a dildo yeah, yeah. struck off my forehead when I was playing <laughs> up the creek, I just about managed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no I died, I boo, cry boo. Booed off stage, dildo thrown at the stage. I refused my to be paid dramatically as a runner. Don't pay me. It's an insult to the club. <laughs> Got home and just... You know when, like, you nearly make it to the toilet before you start vomiting? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you nearly get your key in the door before you start crying. Like, you get all the way home you go... Ah, 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 and you can't yeah. get your key in and a neighbour's coming along. You're like, no. So I have, I have cried after gigs. I'm going to yeah. throw it out there as the first example then. I will out-emote out yeah, you, Alistair, because I have sobbed after a gig. But when would you normally be seen crying then? Oh, well, my brother died last year right. so uh, well, grief, <laughs> that kind of sucked grief's yeah. a banker isn't it so I was crying every day and then once you've done been through that you're just like okay well what else you got you know what I mean 
So were you comfortable being that way around people close to you yeah. or would you be out with lesser well-known well, people and you might find a welling up of emotion which you would suppress? What was your contact well, with that grief like? Well, like, take my dad as an example. Like, I cried a lot. My, I've never seen my dad cry and he's buried his son now and I've never seen him cry. Like, my mum's terminally ill, I've never seen my dad cry. I think I've never seen him cry because he was too busy. The family needed his help. He could have sat down that's, and blubbered in the lounge a, for hours, but nothing would have got done. That's a very male reaction, yeah. isn't yeah, I guess it? So. I can't cry this stuff to be... The stuff gets in the way of an emotion. The, but the I'm left different. Brain. I cry all the time, but I see my dad and he doesn't. Are you so OK talking s- about your brother? Because yeah, a year, yeah, yeah, a year yeah, yeah. feels quite recent for me to, to push no, no, you on it, cool, but I yeah. think people would like to hear the, the story if you're OK to yeah, talk yeah, about of course, it. Yeah. So what? talk us through what happened, mate. Oh, dude, we've gone deep straight away. I'm sorry. That's what this is about. Laughing deep. Was your brother ill or something? Yeah, he's been ill his whole life. So his whole life, my family's been prepared for the fact that he might not be here anymore. So, and was he young or older? No, younger was, than older no, than he you? was like thirty-nine. You know, so, so was he your older brother? Seemed young to me because I'm a similar sort of age. But yeah, he was one year older than me. Yeah, it does make now. a difference, though. Yeah. The reason I'm asking is I've got a, a younger brother who's not not very well, and it does. There's a different emotions. I think I'm not the older brother who's yeah. supposed to be taking care of him so that's one type of negative reaction but you're having the you've always been there you're the one i look up to mm. reaction yeah. so what are those emotions like when because there's a, there's a built-in masculine role to the older brother isn't there well, which has been absent if your brother's been ill his whole, whole that didn't really work with me because my brother was always sick mm. so my brother was always ill i was always the well one so, you, so it was always the other way around so really. you took almost like i'm the I know it's a horrific term, but the dominant sort of brother, the leader, the alpha. That's why I became a comedian, because my brother was always sad, and I was always trying to cheer him up. Right, I was always trying to cheer my family up. And then I just kept, that's, I just developed that skill, and no others. (laughs) Like, I'm not very good at talking to people, but I can make a room full of people laugh. What an amazing! I mean, you hear it's most quite comedians dark and quite uplifting at the but, same yeah, time. Yeah, most comedians talk. Comedian. It's like, oh, I always I used to watch Lee Evans when I was a kid, or I've always been the clown, yeah. but I've never ever heard I was on a one way ticket to grief, and the only way I could keep that person dying going was to make laughter, and that led me to be a comedian. I mean, that's like a I'm studying Coco Chanel at the moment oh, yeah. for, an, for another series I'm doing, and she's sometimes when you go right to the very bottom of the inside, that's where the talent is buried. Yeah. So. So one of the things that I find, I mean, I think grief is probably the, the horriblest form of, of crying that you can do oh. because it, it, you never really get over grief. I've suffered um, some quite bad personal grief and we're kind of told by a therapist in the end, listen, you may never get on top of this. It will always be there and you'll never know when it's going to hit you. You just have to cope with it. One of the things that I never really understand is people who don't cry, they physically don't have... The button that... that, Because crying is the best thing you can do. You feel so much better after crying. It's why women cry a lot. And all women need when they cry... And why they're better than men. I mean, they literally live longer. They've got better mental health. (laughs) The stats are there. The statistics back up what you're saying. Women cry and then feel... If I, I cry a lot, if I cry, I will feel better almost instantly and once I've stopped crying I'll be calm and I will be feel much better and that's it and if you can't cry when you're suffering something terrible like grief then I mean I just I can't even imagine how much that must end up hurting you it does hit a point of like I don't cry I cry quite a lot right but I do stuff I don't sit around do you know what I mean like I'm really I'm really in the show that I'm writing this year I'm trying to put it in there so I'm doing things I don't sort of sit around I realise that it's indulgent sometimes sometimes I'm sitting around crying like am I just sitting around blubbering all the time that's not going to help anyone active crying rather than a blanket (laughs) sobber I thought you meant you get the housework done as soon as the water right I might as well do the hoovering while I'm (laughs) (laughs) having a sob and that cupboard needs sorting out (laughs) (laughs) 
So just one last one last thing to ask you about, Alice. It's really yeah, interesting sure. what you said about your dad is too busy to cry. That yeah. that relationship between fathers and mothers, because this does happen, who don't show that emotion, mm. the crying emotion, and the and when you're the child of that father. Do you think you sort of go one of two ways? You either become like them or you sort of become an over-emotional opposite like the pair of us oh, sure. seem to become. Yeah, so- your parents are all about it. Like, how you were brought up between the ages of two and six is so important to how you end up. And I think because my brother was so ill when I was young, I'm desperate for attention. Because if you think about it at the time, my brother was really ill, he was about to die. So I was like, hey, what about me? And that's how I turned into this kind of an asshole. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so much money in it, though, don't knock it. And, uh, so what was the... When you go through this very intense grief, did your dad break down at all, or did he remain like I a rock all the way through it? If he what, did, I never saw it. But what was that like dealing with? That's, is that not weird? That's your brother, that's it his son. It made me son. feel good, though. Made you feel, feel good? Yeah, what do you like mean? somebody, like, if I was breaking... There was always someone there Someone's who was in, in charge, making sure this isn't going right. to get any worse or maybe it's going to get better, you know? I, I, just, was, I yeah. thought you meant it made you feel good in a righteous way, like, I've got the emotions and you have that, but you mean <laughs> no. it made you feel good in a way that you had a rock... You wanted yeah. him to be a rock with no tears. Yeah. For example, when I was younger, if I'd have seen my dad crying when I was, like, five, I would have been like, oh, my God, no-one's steering this thing. <laughs> this, boat, <laughs> this boat's going to hit the rocks. But because he was like, well, it's all... You know, you got yeah. that in your life. People are fascinated by my old man to the point right. where once I got once I got wind of it, I thought I wrote a show about it, and that was the big show that started my career. This alpha male that. Essex shaving headed BMP voting steroid using <laughs> nutter, right. doorman, weightlifter, illegally made nunchucks, sold them down the pub, nasty bit of in work. Yet I'd see he I did see him cry a lot. I can remember yeah. watching ET with him. And he'd be like, you know, that alien's gone white. <laughs> and uh, and I, one of my most powerful memories from my childhood, I must have been about eight, and we're driving along in the diesel murk, and my dad we hit a sparrow and it bounced off of the windscreen and went to the side of the road. And my dad went and cradled it while it was dying in his hand, and just one tear down over his face and over the silver fur on his silver back, <laughs> just. I'm never forget- and I'm like, how- snap the neck. How can <laughs> that's it? That would have at least added up. Yeah. But he didn't. He cradled it for its last heartbeat, put it down. Uh-huh. And that was something beautiful. And then later on, would probably be kicking a bin in because yeah. uh, something else couldn't find his van. Where are my fucking van keys? But it was in there. Some men are saying. a contrast. Yeah. So Omar, so you come from two very different cultures at the same time. But both very emotional cultures. Right, the Welsh... So, for those listeners who are new to Omar Hamdi, I can't recommend enough. He's both Welsh and Egyptian, which yeah. is a Venn diagram so tiny you need a microscope to... <laughs> it's just Omar <laughs> waving in the middle going, I've got this one! <laughs> yeah, but you have got Gareth Bell and Mo Salah, so you're pretty lucky, actually. I, I can choose who yeah. to support. Damn it. Oh, I don't know yeah. Mo Salah was Welsh. <laughs> 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 so, have you seen the thing I did for the BBC? about Mo Salah. No. It's so funny. It's so, it was just about why he's such a big deal because he's like an unapologetic Muslim but doesn't like bang on about it in a really annoying way. He just sort of does it. And not many people he like that. He just gets on and with the hard work of Islam. The hard work? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I see there's worship to be done. I don't bang on about it. I do it. Exactly. I don't, I'm sure he's not cockney. I don't like, no, my name's Mo Salah and oh, I love Islam. I really don't. Oh, okay, he's <laughs> So tell, talk about those two cultures then. The, They're both really emotional cultures and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm quite expressive guy. So you grew up, like, are we all right, again, drilled down into Mate, your background? go for it, bro. So mum and dad, talk us through, on the scene, not on the scene. Yeah, so uh, so mum, uh, mum on the scene, mum, like, extremely emotional. 
like like someone who didn't know her would think it was performative. So so what was what was the your experience of seeing parents cry like when you were younger? Any any poignant, yeah, funny, so, silly, deep, so, light well, stories? My mum cries all the time, like literally for <laughs> no reason. I'm not reason. going to be a barrister, Omar. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's not looking good now. Yeah. <laughs> He's still doing the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a phase. <laughs> God curse you, Russell Kane, for telling him it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's a voodoo doll of you in my mum's house oh, just getting stabbed is. repeatedly. She's <laughs> just cutting the hair to keep it up, keep it up to date. So go on, what, what's the so my mum my, my mum will literally, like, if I, like, I work on a show in Wales, so I'm there, like, usually once a week, right, during series, and, like, if I'll, like, skip a week, and then I'll walk in the door, she'll be like, oh, you're two weeks away, like she's she's extremely emotional. Um, my dad is very emotional, but not in the same way, in a very sort of subtle way. So do you remember the first time you saw your dad crying? Do you know what? The only time I've seen him cry is when my brother died. It sounds like I'm stealing your material. Now. Get off my get off my uh, get your tanks <laughs> off my dead family. I told you not to steal your brother death material today. Yeah, yeah. This is it. <laughs> no, sorry, mate. Um, that's the only time I've seen him cry. But even then, it and was how long like, ago was that? That was that was when I was eight. So like, right, eight and are you ago. okay to? Yeah, man. I'm so you know what I'm going to ask you next. Yeah. What happened? So, um, very similarly, actually, my, my brother was, was, he was disabled, so he was always unwell, and it was yeah. always like a matter of time. Um, but even if it's a matter of time, it's still a shock when it happens. Um, so that's the only time I've seen my dad cry, but even then it was like he was holding it, you know. He can was I, holding correct it. me if I'm wrong, all three of you have got ill or had ill siblings. Yeah, my brother, my brother. All three of you are comedians. There's something quite dull. Something quite dull. My brother fell ill at 17. Is that what you're saying? Mm. What are you saying, Russ? My brother didn't fall fall ill till he was 17, so he was very, very late. I suspect schizophrenia. I don't don't know what's going on. Sorry to hear that. No, man, but I'm just interested. So your dad was why emotional? Because do you know what I mean? He's a very passionate guy. Like, you know how I get passionate? You know how I get, like, worked up? So my dad's like that. He's a very expressive guy. But there's just something about crying, which I think is... A bit this is why I picked it. Otherwise, it'd be really boring if we had to talk about men showing their emotions. It's been heard a hundred times. Mm-hmm. But the actual act of crying is another step that many men refuse to take, uh, certainly amongst others. I'm yeah. sure all yeah. men it's cry It's something at some that point. I really, like, hold back a lot. But when it's... When the time's right, I'm not afraid to go for it. Do you think it'll make the world better if we start crying more? I don't know, man. Have you had had kids? Because a lot of my male friends didn't start crying until they had kids, and And then they just became massive. Do you know what? There's something about kids. Do you know what? There's something about kids. The last time I cried, I've just produced a documentary called Syriopolis. It's about Syrian refugees. And the last time I cried, we were there filming for, like, four days. And the first three days, I was like, look, I'm tired of the sort of performative, concerned, sad look that people always do when they make these kinds of films. Yeah. If I feel like bantering with some Syrian lads because they're just like my mates, then I'm going to banter with them. I'm yeah. not going to go in there going, oh, that's so concerning, that's yeah, so yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah, okay. And for, for the first three days, there were some really, really, really tragic stories, but there was always some light. There was always some jokes, you know. I got some of the lads to read out, like, mean tweets, like all people, like, having a go at refugees and some of the put-downs. It's, there <laughs> that was some, is some brave shit. There were some absolute laugh-out-loud moments, but the moment that I just lost it, the moment that I just absolutely lost it, is we were in a refugee camp, and it's just on the outskirts of Athens. And it was, and we didn't know what, what was going to happen. We just knew that it was, it was abandoned. The, the Greek government weren't doing anything there. There weren't any soldiers there. There wasn't any police. There was no authority there. And then as soon as I walked into the office, it was like a shrine to a very, very famous terrorist leader. And it turns out this terrorist group basically controls this camp. 
And the thing that just hit me is, as we were saying bye, all these little kids, and like that group in particular is like known for using child soldiers. And there were no, there were no young lads there. There were old men and there were little kids, but there were no teenage lads. There were no young lads. So they're taking them all. You just know what's going to happen to them. You just know that that, that seven-year-old kid that you just gave a Haribo to in seven years is going to be told, look, we've been feeding you for the last seven years. Here's the invoice. Off you go to Syria. And then you were going. So you've gone in front of people. In front of people. In front of production. Just or did you? Were you get upset privately? uh, No. Like I, I wanted, I wanted them to film it, and I wanted to keep it in the edit. Yeah. Because you want it to be the real story. You know what I mean? But that's what hit me. And there's something very, very sad about kids. What what you said is Mm. there's something about a child just like not having a chance. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's, so it's, like, it's all aspects. I mean, that is incredibly deep, and thank you for sharing that. But I mean, it's all aspects. I've got a two-year-old now, too, and it just changes. It, like, it does fit, it change you? Does it, change it just fits a little lens that now and again drops over your eye. Even if you're watching something right. ridiculous, like I'll oh, just watch Coco, the new Disney movie with her, and then the grandma passes away, and Coco doesn't really understand what's going on, and then that's, that's me done. I'm like, <laughs> really? baby doesn't understand. It's like your little your baby. I mean, I cry. Right. I mean, the mo- most I cry is when I can't organise a babysitter to get away from the little. That's, 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 when really, that's when you'll see me really sobbing. No, we're down the pub. I can't get a, a, a babysitter. <laughs> what about you, Georgie? The, the men in your life who are not shy to show that emotion in front of you? Um, What's your experience well, my, of male um, tears? My poor dad has like, got three daughters, so he's totally ganged up on by women in our household. And uh, my mother is a prolific crier, and so am I, and so is my younger sister. So it's kind of split down the middle. My dad and one of my sisters is quite not criers, and then... And then we're massive sobbers. It's in- um, just to pick you up on that, though, it's interesting. Yeah. My mum always says that if only I'd had a sister, it would have softened and changed mine. He would have been like butter if only you'd had a sister. She always <laughs> says that. Is that true? Does the well, presence the men of and daughters, daughters, you mean? Do daughters soften oh, yeah. a man? Oh, yeah. In the, well, at least my in the boyfriend home. has two daughters and they just, they're wrapped around his... Um, oh, like, that's slightly different, post, they, well, no, I'm talking about a, a, an emotional softening at the core. Like, oh, he becomes he? more engaged and more emotional in all aspects mm. of life simply by the presence of, of women. I mean, I, I can't oh. say that as a man, but uh, Georgie could controversially. I, my, I don't know, because I've never seen... My dad doesn't have a son, so I don't know what it would well, We be can't like. run a controlled it's experiment, can no, we? It's a bit late for that. Well, but, you could, the only um, way you could do it is with twin dads, one who has sons, one who has daughters. I'm in a weird situation. Where my two best my two best friends, right? My, one of them doesn't have a dad, and the other one doesn't have a mum. Right. Because they both lost their parents when they were young. Right. And the guy who doesn't have a dad has turned out, you know, he's all his influence. He lives with his mum and his sister, whereas the other guy, you know, he's just got his dad to focus on. And so they've turned out very different. Like my right. friend that doesn't have his mum anymore has turned out very masculine, and my friend that doesn't have his uh, ah. dad anymore has turned out very sense. feminine. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, controversial that's... to say it because you're because con- gender's just a construct, and you're exactly. not allowed to say that anymore. Yeah. In 2018, you probably shouldn't say, "Well, femininity is a thing which right. influences girls and boys," because it's not. Obviously, it's not a thing. Yeah. And the biggest laugh I've had is I'm the last one to have kids out of all my friends. So oh. me, me and Lindsay have been able to watch what's happened to everyone else. You know, that's why. I'm Albert... Surprised you still have them, actually. Well, it's Albert, <laughs> I always know. <laughs> my baby's going to go through the night, this and that's going to happen, because I've watched all the mistakes with my friend. But the most interesting thing to observe are the gender-neutral parents who have gone, do you know what? We're not going to have Barbie dolls in the house. I refuse to have soldiers. We don't have TV. The evil of gender... And within <laughs> two years, if they've got a boy, they've got, can I kick a football? I've got something yeah, 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 yeah. And if they've got a girl, is it story time? And our onesies now, Daddy, I love you. No matter <laughs> what they do. Of course we You can't rewrite this shit. So man. are we saying it's genetic that men can't cry? Is that what we're saying? I think some men... 
I don't know. I mean, I've had a couple of boyfriends who who were just not criers. And yeah. obviously I worked really hard to make them cry and I didn't manage I'm it. dumping you. Show some tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For God's sake, be sad. Um, and they both came from backgrounds where nothing was discussed in their house. Nothing. Everything was just put in boxes, put away hmm. and not discussed. And their family had no communication at all. And he found my family utterly weird, where everything is out in the open, we're all very vocal and there's a lot of tears. And he was really uncomfortable with it at first, got used to it. But even so, it didn't change him. He didn't become someone who would show his emotion. And that, that comes back to another thing that mm. blokes are notoriously bad at, talking about stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> a, a, man, a man house is not going to discuss so much more, whereas a house with a female influence, statistics would suggest, I'm not saying this being a sexist pig, mm. the statistics are there. Blokes don't discuss their problems. That's why we're killing ourselves at five, three times the rate of women. I mean, it's a, the stats don't lie. That's why we're more depressed well. with this, that and the other. Mm. So that would suggest that maybe the tears and crying is just a proxy benefit of the fact that things are being exchanged more but freely. How, I mean, how often do you... I never... I almost never see men cry. And I'm 40, nearly 42 now, and I hardly ever see them cry. I see my friends upset, but I hardly ever see them cry. And I know how good a cry is, and I know how much better I feel after a cry, but men aren't brought up to understand that crying is quite therapeutic, so they don't get it. Also, the other thing is, I think there's a tiny vanity element. No mm. man looks good crying. A tiny like, vanity ugly, Well, I'm an ugly crier, right? It's I've not got tiny. girlfriends that cry beautifully. Like, they're re- really pretty when they cry. Yeah. Whereas when I cry, I look hideous. <laughs> I just, like, I'm purple and blotchy <laughs> and it's not everywhere. It's like, not there, there is such a thing as elegant crying. I can't there? elegantly it's cry, some, puke or snort. Like, into a silk really. hanky produced. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I'm a terribly <laughs> ugly crier. Like, the whole face just, you know, I look like a troll. But and men don't. Is there a, look from I don't know, man. Mine's pretty subtle. It's is just it? like one roller down oh, there. It's not like a yeah. full ah, you know. It's very sort of You've got like the puss in boots kind of eyes. Yeah, dude, I'm styling it out here. Is, is it a cultural thing though? Do you think, Omar? Well, if, if you did a cultural survey of sobbing, yeah. do you think people cry more in Italy? The closer, the warmer the country, the more they sob. Yeah, I think. I, and I think they're just more expressive generally. So I think the same thing you say about men crying less. Could you say the same thing about men just just sounding off? Less. Less, and just sort of being able to say, this is how I'm feeling today, and this is what I think. Even things like our working culture in Britain, no one really wants to sort of put themselves on the line for something or say, this is what I'm passionate yeah. about, you know. And sometimes I'll go into meetings and I'll consciously just sort of dial it down. Like now, I'm amongst friends, so I'm being myself, you know. Mm. But sometimes I'll be like, oh, gesticulation needs to be reduced by at least 50%. Put your hands down there. No, we don't and gesticulate here. Yeah. I bet you if you asked all those men that committed suicide, why'd you commit suicide? Very few of them would be like, well, I didn't feel like I was allowed to cry, you know. I bet they've got bigger problems going on. No, but you could sit that on top of the problem, though, yeah. as a metaphor for the problem, the, the, re- both the, the things are the are reason. The reason yeah, time yeah. to talk is such an important campaign. I don't want this. I don't want this to be like a mental health podcast, but yeah. the reason time to talk is so important is they probably didn't feel like they had permission they to talk. share. Well, a lot of, whether it's sharing through maybe through water from the eyes or words, I think a lot of blokes feel mm. like I can't share this. with I'm so embarrassed to shame, and I think you're wrong about the vanity aspect being small. Mm. I think it's massive. I think most blokes wouldn't want to be seen dead. Pardon the tasteless pun. So, mm. Sobbing or not, I mean, I just the thought of someone seeing me cry fills me with absolute freaking horror. Unless I was acting Ooh. and doing it really well, and they'll get up after. <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I do my material about male suicide rates, I can see the first two rows in the comedy club, yeah. and I see a lot of eye rolling. 
I see a lot of oh, this one again. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they're going you, on about them killing themselves. Like think, it's a small thing. Do you think, the, thing. Sub- do you think yeah. the subject? Do you think the subject is has sort of been overly discussed? People, Maybe no, people, people dare to, no, to bring it up. People dare to bring it up. It's like, oh, you think men have got problems? Look at the problems everyone else has got. Why yeah. are you talking about yeah. your suicide rates? Just kill yourselves and cry and don't worry about it. It's the same with like poor white people have problems. No, what about the black and brown people? You know, Everyone's so, got yeah. problems. I think. Yeah. You know? The thing about suicide, though, as well, I think is. Um, I didn't understand suicide until I had a friend commit suicide. Mm. And I always thought, God, how selfish. How could you leave your family? How could you leave your friends? You know, how could you have so little consideration? And, of course, suicide is incredibly complex. And Mm. once I'd experienced it, and I hope no one else ever does in any way because it's horrible, you start to understand, like, how bad it has to be Mm. for you to not be able to communicate that. Mm. And and my friend who committed suicide was actually a pretty good communicator, but he still just couldn't he couldn't get um. himself out of the fog well enough to make a recovery. And in the end, he did it because he felt he was being unselfish and being less mm. of a burden to his family and friends, which yeah, is really, thing, really sad. The when you're sad all the time, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm bothering everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I should just keep to myself. That's how I feel. That's almost, that's almost like a very English version of depression, <laughs> isn't it? It's depression plus self-consciousness. Oh, no, no, equals in fact, maybe just Englishness is depression plus self-consciousness. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I think we just defined Englishness. <laughs> Do you feel down? Are you self-conscious? Welcome to the United Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, really, I'm fine. Exactly, yes. <laughs> Be prepared to lie about your mental yeah, state, and we'll fine. have your blue passport printed immediately. <laughs> In France. <laughs> right, we are going to have to take a... We're just going to do some messages. We're very lucky to be doing this uh, podcast for Joe, Boys Don't Cry, but we couldn't do it without sponsorship. So I was hunting for the right sponsor that both blokes would be interested in and then girls could steal and use, even though it's not for them. Right. That's why I've gone for a razor <laughs> as our sponsor. <laughs> because even though it's Harry's, which are genuinely cool razors, I've used them, by the way, not on my face today, sorry, but other parts of me, which I won't show as smooth. I'm talking about my chest. Joe in Essex, it's actually illegal not to have a shaved chest. Yes, you can be made to live in Kent. <laughs> and uh, what these guys did, they cut out the middleman with a razor probably, and they, they started selling direct over the internet. So it's top quality shaving gear, shaving gel, support an independent business. They're running their own factory. And girls, if you like, we can call it Harriet's because, let's face it, it will get stolen and used for your legs at some point and everything else. <laughs> Please stop using my razor. So... Uh, <laughs> So get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your trial set delivered to you, including a razor handle, a five-blade cartridge, which means you can pretend to be Wolverine when you're not shaving with it, <laughs> foaming shave gel and a travel blade cover. Go to harrys.com forward slash Russell Kane, two S's, two L's, even though I've never met a Russell with one S and one L on the planet ever. Stop spelling it like that. harrys.com forward slash Russell Kane. <laughs> Go there right now. That's harrys.com forward slash Russell Kane. <clears throat> right, here's news of something else you can enjoy with Joe. Hello, I'm James O'Brien. If you like this podcast, you'll probably like Unfiltered. It's a long-form interview show where I speak to some of the most interesting people from the worlds of entertainment, sport, media and politics. We've covered quite a lot of ground. Everyone from Lily Allen, Gary Lineker, Jamie Oliver and Paris Lees right through to the king himself, Eric Cantona. And that one really is special. Unfiltered is available everywhere that you get your podcasts. Subscribe now to get all of the previous episodes and the new ones as and when they come out. 
First of all, the one thing we have not discussed yet, which I think men are um, almost more of an issue with, is female crying. Georgie. <laughs> you look at me. It's <laughs> no, only because you're a girl, it's yeah, not because you think you're sad. And actually, well, I cry a lot. I've always cried a lot. So I taught this to someone recently, and he'd never heard it. He'd never heard of it. And he said, please don't cry, because I don't know what to do. And he's, you know, 38 or whatever. <laughs> And I said to him, how can you be 38 and not know how to deal with a woman crying? He said, I just, I don't, I don't know, like mass panic. Was he like, I'm your postman, please, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> just give me the departsal. <laughs> I'm sorry, you are, I'm sorry. So I said to him, like, there's only one rule yeah. with women. When women cry, mm-hmm. give them a hug. Don't let go until they pull away. And that's right. all you have to do. Oh. That's all women need when they cry. They, sometimes they might need to do that for five minutes and you might be standing there thinking... Well, she said, don't let go, so I'm not going to let go. But it makes women calm instantly, and it wow. works. I've been what? using a fire extinguisher. That, <laughs> that doesn't work at all. The I phone thought, ones don't work at all. I always thought it was a vigorous door slam followed by our return when you pulled yourself together. Pull <laughs> <laughs> yourself together now. <laughs> right, OK, look, I'm going to throw myself into to the wolves here. I'll be honest. I'm probably one of the most emotional blokes you've met, right? Yeah. Overshare anything. Got a good relationship. I've got as many female friends as men. However, as soon as I'm in a relationship with a girl, not a female friend, female friends start start sobbing, I'm sure I would at least go for a shoulder touch, but I know now to go for a hug. (laughs) For some reason, if it's a woman I'm in a relationship with, I can't bear it. Is that, isn't that awful? Do you feel like you've failed as a partner? It's just like, oh, it's like please, please don't, 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 I just don't want to go. It puts go you off her, like... No, it puts me off. Well, I'm not going to have a divorce, but <laughs> if, if, uh, if, let's just call it girlfriend X, so my wife doesn't punch me for putting this on the record. If I'm with a, I was with an old girlfriend, she starts crying, like, please don't cry, just don't cry, I don't want to go, let's carry on having a discussion, we'll get much further if we had to, I sort of won't let it happen. And when it does, I'll sit there sort of a little bit annoyed until it... So obviously so not now. Women, use, women use crying as weapon, as, as a weapon. Quite words are oh, like God, weapons; yeah. they oh. wound sometimes. I Sorry, know, Cher, I think George well, is about to make a confession about no, her no, I don't, Tell I, us about the weapon. I've, I've had to say because I'm quite a big cry. I've had to say to boyfriends before: if I get upset, I'm not using crying as a weapon. But I have girlfriends who will use crying as a weapon to get out of whatever argument Weaponized they're about to emotion. have. Because the man they're with is very uncomfortable with crying. It's a genius piece uh, of. I don't have that piece of you know <laughs> contrived okay, so behaviour. Let, so let's take weaponized crying out. Yeah. And let's hypothetically say, <laughs> okay. let's say it's a genuine sob, not right. a, not like a grief sob, which I think only the most beastly of men wouldn't get it, but mm. like a discussion. So you're working too hard. No, I'm not. Why don't you say? Oh, you know, you that, one of those cries. Yeah. That's when I am, and I'm. I'm putting myself on the line here, Joe. I'm probably going to get in trouble. That's when I have a please stop. Can't can't do this. What the hell is going on there? I think maybe a lot of guys, maybe me, we might feel like we failed. It's like it's our job to make this person who we care so much about happy. And if this person isn't happy, then obviously I'm doing a rubbish job. You wouldn't be crying if I was. Well, even if they like run out of chocolate milk or something that was nothing to do with you. (laughs) I should provide the chocolate milk. I am the provider. If they're crying over that, Alistair, definitely leave them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Chocolate milk's run out. I'm packing my suitcase. Goodbye, chocolate milk crying. It's a guilt thing, isn't there? Like, men don't like to be made to feel guilty. And if women cry, you feel guilty because you've done it to them. I you've made them cry. So therefore, that. 
We just cry easier, I think. That's half. Oh, well, that's true. Mm. Alistair, are you in a, a relationship? No, I'm not. But um, my last girlfriend, I don't think I ever saw her cry either. She saw me cry a couple of times, so 2 nil to her. <laughs> and, uh, have you been? Or, or two nil you to must you, have been in a relationship with a girl you're romantically involved with oh, yeah. and start sobbing. And, uh, and I'm not talking about like a grief sob or a really, yeah. I'm talking about like a normal argument sob. Yeah. What's your reaction, honestly? Ultimately, it depends what she's crying about. You know, if it's something I've um, done, obviously I feel terrible. You know, but. Um, doesn't mean you're hugged, though, because the guilt might, might stop you. Yeah, that, no, that's true. You don't want to reinforce that behaviour. The golden rule's all very well, but it's quite hard to. It's, in the moment, it's quite yeah. hard to embrace This someone. is a bronze rule at best. <laughs> Maybe we'll just apply the golden rule to, th- to crying that you don't inflict on someone else. How's that? Okay, fine. That's, that's yeah, I think that would easier. make it easier. Okay. Do you agree, though, it does feel different if it's, yeah. a, if it's a, a person you're emotionally involved with than if it's a female friend? Because. Weirdly, it should be harder to, to hug make... a female friend, yet I find that easier. Right. But it's your Dude, job. It's your job yeah, I think to I, make maybe Omar smashed it. Maybe it's that's... your job to make that person happy. Maybe like, that's, that's it. Your, that's your maybe that's it. reason it? to exist. Yeah, is it? it is. Yeah. It's your job to make that person, isn't it? Their job to make themselves happy and then you both be happy together. That's just what people say. That's bollocks. Is it just what people say? You make each other happy, that's why you're together. Well, yeah, what, is it just about sharing a mortgage and sharing a broadband No, you contract. end up those with relationships and the people that shouldn't really be in a relationship but they can't end the relationship because everything they do revolves around each other. That's how you end up in trouble. No, that's, that's love you just described. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> No, that's dependency, man. That's different. Dependency is good. I'm sorry. Ooh, is I'm sorry. This Bloody is hell, this is man. ruthless. Go on. No, this is this is like ruthless, uber modernist, cynical. Oh, it's all about compatibility, and we like we play badminton at the same place. So I'm sure it'll work as no, a relationship. No, this is it's wokeness. about being absolutely dependent on another person no, for your this happiness. Is wokeness. This is what love is. Women don't need you for their happiness Didn't anymore. You, no, They've changed ooh, it. No, no, no. That's how I think, man. That's this is why. That's how I think. Didn't you watch Romeo and Juliet? Like, that was real, bro. No, we've advanced from I mean, Romeo and that's Juliet. That's Omar's most topical reference, a play <laughs> yeah. from 1590. I'm just trying to sound cultured because I've sat next to you no, no, absorbing the Shakespeare. Listen, an argument's broken up. This is why we have the lady auditor. Right. <laughs> There's been quite oh a God, few I don't even know where to start. controversial things there. Two very different perceptions of what of my guilt in relation to Lindsay Gray. Omar says it's because it was my job to make her feel better and, and I feel and, like and I'm the fair. other way around and it's her job to make true. you happy as Where, well that's what, what love is you know, Alistair mm. might argue it's just I need to sort my own head out and she needs to make herself feel happier that's such a ruthless way to look at it though I do not find it funny that you man. find it harder to comfort the person that you're with or you love well, I've only shared it with. because I'm so no <laughs> I'm it's interesting just, this it's is an honesty true. place and it's not it's not the type of thing I'm proud of but I'm throwing it out there and I know I'm not the only one I've seen men with their girlfriends sat there with the stony face while she's sobbing I guarantee if that was his colleague or his boss yeah, or his junior he'd be like ah oh, what's up baby having a yeah. bad day like warm Gary from the pub who yeah. suddenly Mr Rock when he's with him and he's not doing it because he's emotionally abusive but let's be it honest it feels different I agree with Omar I do think it is you're charged with making the person you're with happy and if they make you unhappy or you make them unhappy then that's yeah. your, that's your and do you see or that, and... C weaponisation right oh, yes. that's the third okay. option Georgie, you forgot to mention yeah. but do you see that I just want to I see that as symmetrical like, yes both, I'm, both both all three I'm marrying you so far that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I wanted that's the real podcast that's the real podcast all of this revolves around Omar getting a girlfriend one day so the whole thing is wildly hypothetical 
Oh, my, as long as you're making your forearm happy, you'll be fine. No. <laughs> your current girlfriend. No comment! <laughs> Thank God my mum doesn't know what a podcast is. Um, <laughs> one, 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 one last thing, because it looks, it looks like we're not going to get on to a second topic again. But the, I, I started the podcast with my seemingly light-hearted example about crying after a gig. Sorry. And you've never been there, Alistair. You, you, you're an, emotion, you're an emotional man. You, you poured your heart out. You surely love no, stand-up. So I do, yeah. I so, love stand-up, but I've never cried after a gig. I, maybe it's never gone that badly, but I understand the reason why they use the word death, because if you're a really good stand-up, you should be being as much of yourself as you possibly can on the stage. And if you go out there and you're really yourself and everyone hates you, man, like, yeah. They will hate they're you for being a bad you. stand-up, man. They, yeah. yeah, they will want to physically attack you for being a bad stand-up. And that's such a rejection of yourself that it's, it's tough to take if you really super die. But, no, I've never cried about it. Omar, in all seriousness, have you, um, have you ever done a gig where I've, you're like... Yeah, I've felt really, really bad after a gig. I've never cried. I've never actually, you know, gone... But I've been really, really, really upset after a gig. But yeah. also, if you're a presenter... And you're in front of camera, and your name is Georgie, and everyone's like, I can't stand that Georgie person. That's got to be a similar experience. Oh, yeah. I I can't... I've I've actually only cried because I work in an industry with some men who are really just very relentless, and also because I get trolled. But But I learned, like, two years into my career, never cry, ever, in front of colleagues or bosses. And you will, and there's not a woman in the industry who's not gone to the bathroom after a, after a shift and just cried your eyes out until you can get out of the building without anyone seeing you. When I started doing talk sport, every other weekend I go home in tears. Yeah. And it's so irrelevant, really, wow. because these people be like are a, not relevant. That's so bad. They you feel like, like you can't do it in front of people because you'll be judged for that. Yeah. yeah. Because, because the sweetness. We're back to yeah. where we started. There's a, a femininity that, that, that people... If people see you break into tears, they think, well, what if I hand you this task? Are you going to break into inability with this task? There's yeah. an equation. There's mm. an equivalence, rather, drawn between the act of crying and a weakness and an inability to carry a task. Whether we like it or not, there is yeah. a link there in people's minds, which is probably why men yeah. do it less. I mean, it's not, I'm a, weak, it's not the a weakness, question. but what it does yeah. is it does incapacitate you for a bit. Even that. So crying in itself is very strong, I right. think, because it means you're well, able to understand think, you're upset. No, no, I'm agreeing with you, but that's but you're not perceived that way. For 10 minutes while you're <laughs> crying nice. isn't perceived Something as a strength, though. I'm yeah. talking about how it's perceived yeah. by most people. Obviously, we've transformed how it's perceived with our innovative podcast. <laughs> yeah, before this podcast, yeah. But I, I think I think it's just, it might be as simple as, in my life, I see that women seem t- to give more of a shit about people. So they seem to, you know, have... Got more empathy. Yeah, but, but but also for other people. So I think the including my, for themselves bit is very, very interesting, what you yeah, just said. but we're just sort of like, I won't cry, I'll get on with it, I'll just keep going. But women so have do, that do, responsibility, don't they? So hang on a second. Children and all that stuff. Well, and we are nearly out of time okay, now. We've got two on. very quick questions at the end, but I just want to pick up on something Alistair said. Is, are, are men too narcissistic to care about other people? Do you think it's a little bit of that? I don't know. I would say I'm massively narcissistic and I really give a shit about other people. Oh, so well, I you're think... the worst of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're not mutually exclusive. I'm so narcissistic like... that I want other people to see me caring about people. <laughs> <laughs> Did everyone see me caring about that girl? <laughs> Right, two really quick questions because our, our time is up. Number one, when was the last time you cried, Omar? Last time I cried was uh, was what I told you about. Is um, oh, in Syria. And how long ago was that? I, sh- I should clarify in case anyone from MI5 is watching this. It was not in Syria. It was in Greece. But I think they've got bigger problems. Man. <laughs> Will yeah. I get out of the building? <laughs> <laughs> it was when I changed plane in Lahore just to visit family, and I'm from Egypt. <laughs> 
No, no. So that, how long ago was that? That was that was just a few weeks ago. So a few weeks ago, refugee camp. That's a banker. What about you, Alistair? Uh, today, on the way to the show, Are writing. You serious? Yeah, seriously. I was writing material about Kanye West, and it got me. What? <laughs> I mean, this oh, is supposed yeah, to be a quick question, no, but so everyone sorry. wants to know <laughs> how the hell you what can be it? crying about it was Kanye Jesus, wasn't it? Jesus is the emotion. Jesus the emotional... is the punchline to it, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, um, yeah, I felt like... Um, I felt like he gave a shit about my problems, even though he doesn't know who the hell I am, and it got me. I told you, I'm an emotional person. Hell. But, so he's, I, but he's a model of very sort of expressive, honest masculinity, yeah. isn't he, Kanye? Yeah. Which isn't getting enough no, credit no, for. We'll have a Kanye episode one. I, I, my daughter's just had an operation on her toe last week. Not a serious operation at all, mm. but two-year-old, general anaesthetic, Warren. and... I had done so well the story of hospitals are a big adventure that she was crying because it wasn't soon enough. She's like, when do we go to hospital? And I just, we just can't That's afford so it yet. Please, Daddy. There goes the ambulance. I want to go. Maybe next week. Yes, we've saved up. Hooray. And we got there and she's like, where's my gown? Is it my turn to put the magic mask on yet and fall asleep? Not yet. Please, but I want the magic mask. And it wasn't until the mask went on her head, you just saw her eyes go, you bastard. And she lost consciousness. <laughs> and that's when I lasted all the way till then. And then me and Lindsay, we both went at the same time. We were in the hallway, <laughs> we child abusers. And then your rationality oh, kicks back God. in. <laughs> but that was intense, seeing your two-year-old lose consciousness. The deception of how I'd done it. Yeah. I felt guilty. George, when was the last time you cried? Um, I nearly cried when you were telling your dad's Sparrow story earlier, but um, I had an really? old tear in the corner of my eye. Oh, uh, wow. Thursday, I had an argument with my boyfriend, so I cried. And I used it. And as did a you weapon. win the argument? Then? Yeah, <laughs> you used it as a weapon. No, I didn't. I was joking. I, no, I don't. I cry. I'm not very you confrontational. You can do so the Egyptian Georgie can actually, because she's sports, can aim her tears at you, so they like they go over like a, like a stinging, salty bullet, <laughs> like a surge in tennis. <laughs> one really last quick one. I have to ask you: If Georgie were to suddenly start crying now, honestly, Omar, what would you do? I would ask you if there was anything I could do because I just met you. Thank you. That's you very sweet. Sweet. Yeah, I'd do the same thing. I'd just sort of sit back and just wait for something. I wouldn't get involved. <laughs> God, no. Anything I could do, sort not by. <laughs> this is all about honesty, and I would, I would replace you with someone stronger. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to Boys Don't Cry. Thank you, Alistair Williams. Thank you, Omar Hamdi. Thank you very much, Georgie Bingham. This has been Boys Don't Cry from joe.co.uk. I'm not Nick Grimshaw. I just look like him. I'm Russell Kane. Click subscribe, leave a review if you like it. And if you don't, please don't put a negative review because I will sob over my keyboard and short circuit it again. 